Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hey, and welcome to Mad Beast, the Australian rollerblading podcast. This is Mikey Lynch, and I want to talk about uh, today the, being married to or dating um, a rollerblader. There's an old um, blog, uh, something like Confessions of a Girlfriend of a Rollerblader, something like that. I'll link to it in the um, when this gets posted. Um, and it has a whole bunch of posts reflecting on some of the things, you know, how all the video names, you know, smell the glove, or day of the rope sound like porn titles. Um, feet. <laughs> that sounds pretty fascistic, doesn't it? Feet two, feet three, feet four. Just imagine what those could, uh, the, those videos could be. Um, uh, yeah, the bottom line. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's things like that, uh, you know, it's, you, you've got to understand that doing a porn star on a kinked rail is, uh, not what it sounds like, all those sorts of things. So that, I mean, that, in a sense, that's the inspiration for this little podcast, reflecting on this kind of stuff. I mean, in general terms, there's a much larger number of, um, male aggressive skaters than female, but, uh, there still is a sizable... A substantial minority of female inline skaters and that's really cool as well so I don't want to just assume that the rollerblader is the guy and the non-rollerblading partner is the girl because it could be the other way around you know so um, but what I am assuming in this case particularly is that one person is the keen rollerblader and the other may or may not do it at all you know so there's a real difference in terms of participation in the sport what does that look like um, so just a whole bunch of things need to be said. Uh, first, whatever it is, the hobbies that your partner has is part of who they are to a certain extent. And loving them is loving them with their hobbies. And so it so applies to rollerblading. If you want to know and understand and care about and appreciate your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife who's into rollerblading, then you've got to appreciate that they're into rollerblading. That's part of what they love. Now, Sure, sometimes those things can change, you know, and, and, and life and relationships and work and commitments mould who you are so that some things get squeezed out. Um, and there might be some things particularly that are so enormously time-consuming and demanding and absorbing that... Uh, not always, but sometimes it can reach a point where it feels like with the particular partner you've got and the particular life you've got, you really can't sustain also being a golfer or a skier or an um, ultra-marathon runner, you know. Um, even high-risk rollerblading, aggressive rollerblading, the high-end hammer-dropping sort of stuff, I can understand that a particular person, particular needs, particular uh, fighting about that, you know, um, might be a thing where you know you might have to agree to, to sort of cut margin, margins of risk in different places. You know. Uh, however, you know, so so understood that look, you know, 
rollerblading is not so fundamental to your identity that you know you must not budge on that at all costs. And if someone loves you, they must accept you with a full package of the kind of blading you do, the amount of time and money you spend on it. Uh, that you know, that's that's life is more than rollerblading, you know, and life goes on if you never blade it again. So um, we need to be we need to put that in perspective, right? That being said, you know. Uh, Within healthy bounds, I think a good relationship doesn't, doesn't doesn't feel so jealous of someone's time and attention and passion that it's everything you do must do uh, be for me uh, and with me and with my friends and with my interests and my likes. That there's got to be a generosity in in romantic relationships that sets someone free to be with people and doing activities that don't revolve around you and concern you. Let them free to do that. Um, uh, to, to not necessarily have to like it or, and, and see it as valuable in your own mind um, or see it as the thing that you would like your partner to be really into. It's not particularly like the people that they do it with. And, and, uh, again, within certain bounds, there might be particular kind of toxic cultures around certain hobbies and sports, including blading, where you might say, I don't want to hang, you, you hang around with those people. They change you. They, they're bad people to be around. Like, of course, you know, but... Uh, uh, but letting someone free, and you know, one of the big lies I think of, of, of individualistic, intensive views of romance is that is the lie that somehow your romantic partner, your lover, has to fulfil all of your needs, your social, emotional, um, uh, self-fulfilment needs, and and, um, and that's just not true. Uh, no one person can fully satisfy another. They need family and friends and hobbies and work and religion and, and all sorts of things make up who they are. And your yet your your lover is a key part of your life, but not the whole of your life. And healthy romantic relationships recognise that, you know. Um, uh, and so, so setting someone free, and that's a refrain that you hear again and again for people is to say, you know, I. I really appreciate my partner who gets that I love rollerblading. This is part of what helps me be me and I, I enjoy and refreshes and recharges and re-energizes and so they make space for that and they understand that. You know, that's really important. Um, uh, I mentioned risk and secondly I guess it's worth commenting on that. That's a conversation I think you do need to have together because you are together going to bear the cost of any major injuries, not just hospital cost but the incapacitated out of um, out of action cost, particularly if you've got kids but you know incomes, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, travelling around, doing the groceries and cleaning the house, you know, to some extent you've got to be on board together, you are both, it's a risk for both of you if you risk yourself, you know, and, and so you've got to, like with any extreme sport or contact sport, you've got to both sign on to a certain level of that and negotiate that together. I've got a friend whose um, who's partner is into downhill mountain bike riding um, and works a really intense job, um, uh, and that, they had a, a mountain biking accident, major smashing up in a really unusual place, their collarbone I think it was, in a place that was so unusual that they had to get a specialist from our other, well they had to contact a bunch of, the hospital had to contact a bunch of specialists from all over the place until they could find a specialist who was happy to say how this should be repaired, because you know, it was in this strange place I think near the heart or uh, some artery or something, I can't remember exactly. Um, but it was interesting talking to the partner of the mountain biker and them saying, this is an important part of who they are. I like them more when they have mountain biking in their life. Um, and so although it had a massive impact um, on them during the whole recovery process, um, they were still happy for the person to get back on the bike once they recovered. Did, did you see what I mean? Um, uh, 
and so so I guess there's that sense in which you you got to go like this is a risk that we accept together and that you might need to dial that in at different points respect the other person uh you know if you're going to do this you've got to wear safety gear <laughs> if you're going to do this you've got to go and see the physio or if you're going to do this you can't do some of those things you used to do you know it's worth having that conversation together um or going no no, no i get this i signed on to someone like you marry a soldier to use an extreme version or a professional sports player any kind injuries are massive once you're in a professional uh, level even non-contact stuff and you just say this is part of who i married and who i signed on for it, it wouldn't be fair perhaps to um suddenly so change the rules of engagement and say i don't want you to do this anymore well, there are times maybe but you know so i guess that's a risk is a, is a thing cost is like that as well talking about how much budgeting figuring that out together realizing it is a costly hobby it's not as costly as some um but if, if one person uh, spends a lot of money on what they consider to be a more legitimate hobby, you know, oh, no, no, this isn't a hobby. This is just having the best technology for our um, home entertainment system. Or this is just having a really good quality car, reliable car. Or, um, no, this isn't a hobby. This is, this is, you know, my whatever it is, my hair care or my skin care or my clothes. Or We all have discretionary expenses that we, to some extent, justify and maybe think of as not as frivolous <laughs> as the hobbies of the other person. Um, and so that's an area where we just need to actually, you know, the saying, don't judge a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Don't judge a person until they walked a mile in their shoes. And then there's a cool kind of tagline to that, of, you know, a we'll follow-on from that. Um, I can't remember who I first heard say it, but it's a good one. Don't judge a person unless you've walked a mile in their shoes because you, then you're a mile away and you've got their shoes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've got to really, work, in any relationship, work hard to see things from their point of view, to genuinely respect and assume the best. Um, although we can do the worst, you've got to assume the best as well um, and assume the worst of yourself in your judgmentalism and uh, appreciate them. So that, that in terms of spending money on new wheels, new boots, new bearings, new everything, you've got to do that. Um, but also you, there's got to be give from the rollerblader saying, well, actually, no, I don't have to have this. I don't have to have that. I can give on this. I can delay on that. I can save on this. So that's that's money, risk, cost, time. Um, then, then down into sort of other funnier bits and pieces. Um uh, look, I think different couples and different people have different needs in terms of the degree to which you care. Like some people need to have or want to have the friendship of their partner knowing and caring, engaging with their hobby, coming and watching their social footy matches, coming and watching them skate a bit, uh, knowing a little bit about it, sitting down and watching a video. Whereas others, like my relationship, I mean, every now and then Nikki's come to the skate park and watched and that's been really nice and I've really appreciated her willingness to do that. But I don't feel this big need. I don't feel a big need for her to watch skate videos with me or know the names of the tricks or understand the details. You know, I want her to know enough to know why it matters to me. I guess that's all, you know, to go, oh, so so this trick that looks unimpressive and slightly no different from the other one, that's a different trick that you've, it's been hard to learn and now you've learned it and you're happy about that, that kind of thing. Well, that's slightly a little bit of extra height in, 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 in airing in the vert ramp, that's that's progress for you and, you know, and so, you know, standing up straighter in a coping stall or something is a big thing for you and I understand that's big, you know, enough to cheer the person on. That's, I think, all that's needed there for me, whereas others want a lot more involvement. And so I guess the moral to this whole set these things, eh? But um, and realise that that's a factor to go, how much do I want you to know what I'm doing, understand what I'm doing, understand the names, understand the issues, understand the people, watch the videos, watch me? Um, how much do you want that to be a part of it? And, um, you know, I, I guess it's interesting to go, that's an opportunity potentially to draw closer to the other person. It's not a necessity 
that you do it, but it's an opportunity to consider. I could learn more about this than I otherwise might, and so as a, as a result, draw nearer to that other person. So that's a cool way of thinking about it, possibly. Um, uh, recreational skating, I think, is a place where you can often meet. Um, and so it's worth thinking about that to go, is there, a, have you seen the video, the recent Julia Bar hyperskate adapt video where it's like he's skating along with her little wall rides and with the girl and, oh, it's, it's very cute um, and funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, thinking through, um, you know, that, that that might be a point of connection. So it's worth thinking about that. Um, uh Oh, look, this is, I've been going on long enough. We, we might do some more of these because they are quite fun. And I guess I focused here particularly on almost like relationship counselling, but we haven't talked about smelly feet, um, uh, pads and skates left everywhere, um, changing and cleaning bearings and rotating wheels, you know, where's that an acceptable place to do that? Having the cave, den, shed where you can put all your stuff and how you need it to be close enough to be accessible, whereas a partner might always be pushing to get that stuff as far away from the rest of their household as possible. But that's really annoying because then you have to go to a really inconvenient place to get your skates. Hmm. Um, Oh, man, there's so much more to do. And I might even get inspiration by going back to that blog I mentioned before. So um, perhaps we'll come back to that. Um, share your own thoughts, both about what you've appreciated or struggled with in your relationship, um, or if I happen to have any uh, people who are partners and husbands and wives of rollerbladers or other extreme sports, perhaps, or just any other hobbies, perhaps you could share your observations about those hobbies and how they might map across to rollerblading as well. All right. Done. Rollerblading podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just two dollars a month, every little bit helps.